morning, everyone. I'm John Schmidt, the senior pastor here at Centerpoint Fellowship, and I want to wish you a happy new year. And I'm so glad that you're with us today. We're starting a new series entitled No Regrets, because at the end of this year, I want to get to the end of the year with no regrets. If you do as well, would you say amen? amen. Yeah, well, then the real question is, well, where do we get direction so that we live that kind of life? And so today, we're going to look and see what God's Word has to say about um, living a life with no regrets. And there's an outline in your bulletin by that title, Living with No Regrets. You're going to want to be here every week uh, during this series in January. We're going to talk about living with no regrets, loving with no regrets, uh, learning with no regrets, leading with no regrets, and leaving with no regrets. We're going to talk about how to live a life this year that if we follow God's principles, at the end of the year, we're going to say 2017 was the best year we ever had. And that's what I want, and I think that's what you want. So we got some very helpful stuff, and you'll see that today. If you need a pen to take some notes, please raise your hand. One of the ushers will bring one to you. But I'm going to have a word of prayer and ask God to bless our year and bless our time together. Would you pray with me, please? Lord, I want to thank you for the opportunity to be here today and discuss your word, some principles from your word about living with no regrets. Lord, I don't want to get to the end of this year and regret uh, things that I should have done that I didn't do. I want to get to the end of this year and be glad for every day you gave me and that I made the most of it. So, Lord, I pray that you speak and you'll move me out of the way and teach us some things we need to know to make the most of 2017. We're grateful for the year ahead. And, Lord, give us guidance. In the name of Christ, I pray. Amen. Well, life is too short to spend time pursuing the wrong things. This is point one in your outline. Life is too short. I, and it seems to be accelerating. I um, had somebody tell me uh, years ago, explained to me, and they said, well, look, John, when you're five years old, one year is 20% of your life. That's why it seems like it takes forever for Christmas to get here. Because it's like 20% of your life every time... Uh, you know, you get to a new year. By the time you're 50, it's down to 2%. Yeah. Okay, anyway, you see where it's going. It's like, boom, the year's accelerating. And it just gets closer and closer and closer and closer. And you go, well, my goodness, if life is short, I don't want to waste it. I don't want to waste this year. You don't either. Well, how do we know we're doing the right things? Because the scripture tells us it's pretty easy to go the wrong way. Luke 12, this is Jesus. A rich man, Jesus told this story to his disciples once. A rich man had fertile farms that produced fine crops, and he said to himself, what should I do? I don't have room for all my crops. And he said, I know. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. Then I'll have room enough to store all my wheat and other goods. I'll sit back and say to myself, my friend, you have stored enough stored away for years to come. Now take it easy and eat and drink and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, you'll die this very night. Then who will get everything you work for? Yes, a person is a fool to store up earthly wealth but not have a rich relationship with God. Mm. That's Jesus in the New Testament. Here's Solomon in the Old Testament, book of Ecclesiastes. Solomon was the wisest man who ever lived. I collected great sums of silver and gold, the treasure of many kings and provinces. I hired wonderful singers, both men and women. I had many beautiful pork, I mean concubines, okay? And I had everything a man could desire. Anything I wanted, I would take. I denied myself no pleasure. I found great pleasure even in hard work, a reward for all my labors. But as I looked at everything that I'd worked so hard to accomplish, it was all so meaningless, like chasing the wind. There was nothing really worthwhile anywhere. I brought a, a stepladder with me today. This, I got this out of our storage shed this morning. I've had this thing since Debbie and I got married. It's got paint and roofing tar and all kinds of stuff all over it, and it's pretty trustworthy. I hope it'll only get through the day because I'm going to climb on it a couple of times. But, um, you know, what's interesting about this ladder is this ladder does a lot of good if it's pointed in the right direction or placed at the right place. 
but as Stephen Covey points out in the Seven Habits of, high, of, success, of Highly Successful People, um, if you place a ladder, the danger is, is that you can climb a ladder, but it doesn't do you any good if it's leaning against the wrong wall. I mean, what if I climb the ladder of success and I reach the top only to realize that's the wrong wall? I've put this ladder in position to work on my house or to trim a tree or other things and realized, well, you know, if I just extend over here and then my wife will come out and go, you're going to kill yourself, okay? <laughs> you got to move that ladder. Some of us this year, we need to move a ladder because it's leaning against the wrong wall. And every step I take, in fact, there's a quote from Stephen Covey on the back of your outline, if the ladder is not leaning against the right wall, every step we take just gets us to the wrong place faster. And it's true. Solomon said so. Jesus said so. And I'm going to be making decisions this year. So will you. I'm going to be climbing something. I'm going to be aiming towards some direction. Well, who determined the direction? If I'm not careful, if I get the wrong resource for determining the direction, I can waste my whole year. Not just my year, but I can make decisions that could waste my whole life. That brings us to a resolution here. This year, I will choose to pursue the right things. This year, I will choose to pursue the right things. Would you say that out loud with me, please? This year, I will choose to pursue the right things. Now, Paul talked about this in 2 Corinthians 1. This is from the message. It's an amplified version of this. Companions, we are in this work with you. We beg you, please don't squander one bit of this marvelous life that God has given us. Is it possible to squander a year? You bet. I mean, Jesus said so. Solomon said so. It's, it's possible to squander everything because we got the wrong advice. We never even thought for a minute, hey, is this ladder at the right place? Am I leaning up against the right wall? It makes a difference. And today I want to talk with you about making sure, how to make sure so we can live with no regrets. We've got the ladder leaning against the right wall. Because every step we take, if it's against the wrong wall, gets us in the wrong direction even faster. Brings us to point two. God's the only resource we can trust for knowing and doing the right things. If I make a resolution that I'm going to choose the right things, then where do I find the resource? If I want resources on how to make sure I'm climbing the right wall with my marriage, I'm going to contact Hollywood. How about you? Oh, yeah, these people are beautiful and famous and rich, and they burn through marriages like water. And you'd be amazed at how many people seek counsel from people they don't know anything, and they read tons, and they know what everything with the Kardashians are doing or what somebody else is doing, but they don't have a clue what the Bible says. They don't. Why would we seek counsel from people who make tabloids every day because of their bad decisions? I hope if you hear that someone's going bankrupt, you won't go and ask them to manage your portfolio. Hey, you, don't, you look like you don't know what you're doing. Take care of my stuff. I mean, who would do that? But then where are we going to find good counsel? Well, we're going to find good counsel in God's word. And I want to give you three reasons why and, this is, and how important it is to have a relationship with him. First of all, we can trust him because God knows everything. God knows everything. The Bible says so. Psalm 147, verse 5. Great is our Lord. His understanding is infinite. 
God knows everything about everything. Not only that, but God knows everything. He knows everything about me. Psalm 139. Oh Lord, you've examined my heart. You know everything about me. You know when I sit down, when I stand up. You know my thoughts. Even when I'm far away, you know everything I do. God knows us inside and out. He knows our tendencies. He knows our fears. He knows what we're going to do. He knows those secret thoughts that nobody else does. He knows. And finally, God knows the future. Isaiah 46.10. Only I can tell you the future before it happens. And so the reason I want to get my direction from God this year to make sure that if I need to go a different direction that I'm going his way is because if I depend on God, he knows everything about everything. He knows everything about me. And he knows the end from the beginning. He knows what's going to happen when I make choices. So if he gives me direction, it's got to be right. But if I go on my own, yeah, I might be climbing up the wrong wall. I might be gaining, heading the wrong direction. You know where we're going? No, we're making good time. Gaining speed. Well, how am I going to know the right direction? By talking to the one who knows everything. Now, here's a life application for you and me. God promises to guide us if we will listen. It's not just that he knows this. It's just that he wants us to know this. And if we will seek his counsel, he will guide us. Here's a promise Jesus made to his disciples. He told them right before he was crucified, he said, look, I'm going to be betrayed. I'm going to be crucified. I'm going to rise again on the third day. Then I'm going to ascend to heaven. I'm going to go prepare a place for you. And when I come back, when everything's ready, I'll come back and get you. But in the meantime, I'm going to ask the Father to send the Holy Spirit to you. And here's the promise about the Holy Spirit. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. You can circle the word guide there. He'll guide you. Listen to Psalm 32. David, the Lord says, I'll guide you along the best pathway for your life. I'll advise you and watch over you. Don't be like a senseless horse or mule that needs a bit and bridle to keep it under control. The question is, if the Lord guides me and he tells me, hey, John, I need you to go this way, not that way. Will I trust him and say, okay, Lord, since you gave me this direction, I'm going. Well, why would I trust him? Because he knows me completely. Because he knows everything about everything. And he even knows the future. No one else does. Can I trust popular opinion? Do you remember any of the polls before the election this last year? I mean, do you remember this? This is the danger, and so we can trust public opinion, we can trust all kinds of resources, but are we trusting God? I mean, if I'm going to live with no regrets, I'm telling you, I've got to trust the Lord. So I'm climbing with the ladder leaned against the right wall. Not only do I trust God because he knows everything, but because God loves me completely. This is point B on your outline. God loves me completely. For his unfailing love toward those who fear him is as great as the height of the heavens above the earth. He's removed our sins from us as far as the east is from the west. The Lord is like a father to his children, tender and compassionate to those who fear him. For he knows how weak we are. He remembers we're only dust. I mean, this is what God wants us to know. It's like when you talk to a father who's raising a little child. Well, that child doesn't know what to do, but the father and the mother do. The parents do. That little baby can't clean itself, can't feed itself, can't protect itself, has no idea where it's going. And that's why the parents watch over it, and they love it, and they know the child doesn't know. And the Bible tells us that's the way God looks at us. He knows we're clueless, which is why he wants us to, to come to him 
and seek direction so he can guide us. And we can trust him because he loves us. And if you flip your outline over, he, that means he wants what's best for us more than we do. And this is something where we're going to have to trust him in because we don't believe that. When we go through a setback or a hard time in our life, we go, God's, out, God's got it in for me. I mean, I've had a hard year. I've had to make some hard decisions. I've had some things go against me. God doesn't love me or God's against me. And then a few years later, you realize, actually, that was maybe the best year of personal growth I ever had. I learned some very important things, and I had to get rid of some bad habits, and I'm actually grateful for that. Well, what if we have a Heavenly Father who knows what's best for us, and He asks us to trust us, and say, John, I need you to climb this this way, and you're going to have to trust me because I know you want to go that way. It's not the right way. But I can trust Him because He wants what's best for me more than I do. And do I believe that? Jeremiah 29, 11, he tried to convince the children of Israel this, and time and time again, they wouldn't listen. I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They're plans for good, not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. Will you just trust me? You're, going, you're leaning against the wrong wall, and every time you climb up that ladder, you're gaining speed in the wrong direction. Come to me. I'll guide you. I love you. I know how weak you are. So God promises to guide us, and he knows what's best for us. If any of this is good news to you so far, would you say amen? Amen. Yeah, this is why we seek him this year. If I'm going to have a no-regrets life in 2017, I need to make sure I get my priorities from God. No other source. Let me give you a third reason. I can trust God as the best resource, the only resource for getting direction in my life this year. Because he knows everything, he loves me completely, and see, he's all-powerful. Not only does he know everything, not only does he love me completely, and I can be assured of that, but he's all-powerful. Oh, sovereign Lord, you made the heavens and the earth by your strong hand. This is Jeremiah 32, and powerful arm. Nothing's too hard for you. You are the great and powerful God, the Lord of heaven's armies. You have all wisdom and do great and mighty miracles. Nothing's too hard for God. So if he calls me to take a step in a hard direction where I'm going to have to make an apology or I'm going to have to go start something that I have procrastinated on for years or I'm going to have to go forgive someone that I'd rather not talk to, not only do I need direction, not only do I need to know that God loves me, I need the power to go do it. Can I get an amen on that one? Yeah, because I'm cowardly sometimes. And I procrastinated because I didn't want to do the hard thing. So do you. Life application. God will give us the power to do right things. Not only does he know right things, but he wants to guide us. Not only does he love us, but he knows what's best for us. Not only does he have power, he wants to give us power. I mean, this just gets better and better. This is why we trust him. And we have to make sure we're going God's way, because if we're not going God's way, we're leaning up against the wrong wall guaranteed. And we're going on our own strength, and that won't be sufficient. Paul talked about this in Ephesians 1. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Ephesians 1.19. The same power that raised Christ from the dead 
is in us when we surrender our hearts to Christ. That same power that conquered the grave can help us conquer an addiction. Forgive someone that we've never been able to forgive. To have courage when we've been scared out of our minds to take a step in faith ever before. That same power is available to you and me. We will come to God. And so God says, look, John, I need you to go this way. I need you to take the first step. God, I don't want to go this way. Trust me. Trust me. I'll give you the power. I know what's best for you. I love you. I know everything. I know you. I made you. And I'll give you the power to get it done. So if God has been calling on you to do something this last year and you've been putting it off, don't put it off in 2017. Don't, leave, don't live a year filled with regret. This could be a year of amazing breakthroughs if you and I will trust him. Resolved. This year I will surrender my passions, plans, and desires to God. Surrender. I'm not just going to go my way. I'm going to go his way. Since he knows me, he knows everything, and he knows me and knows what's best for me, since he loves me and he wants what's best for me, and since he has the power to help me get it done, well, then I'm going to surrender to him. That's, that's a great New Year's resolution. I'm going to surrender my passions, my plans, my desires. I'm going to surrender them all to God. Paul talked this way in Galatians 5. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. And since we're living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. I'm going God's way. And I'm not turning back. And that's the formula for a no regrets life. It begins with surrender. Resolve. I'm not going to do wrong things. I'm going to do right things this year. I'm going to make right choices. Resolved. I'm going to surrender my plans, passions, and desires to Jesus and go his way. I mean, you do understand that every step we take is a decision. And I am making decisions now. So are you. We make decisions all the time about our money, about relationships, about our future, about how we're going to deal with failures in the past. We are making decisions now. I mean, it's amazing to me. I have conversations with people and I bring up faith and I go, oh, well, you're bringing faith into all this. I go, Yes, I am bringing faith into all this. Well, why would I do that? Well, you're making decisions based on something now. It's either based on public opinion or based on economics or based on politics or based on health or based on hygiene or based on something else. Why would religious conviction be a bad way to make decisions? Oh, well, that is legitimate. It's not only legitimate, it's the only way to go. Because God's the only one who knows everything. And God's the only one who loves us completely. And God's the only one who gives us enough power to get it done in the first place. So, to make sure I'm not leaning against the wrong wall, make sure I don't have a life filled with regret, I'm going to surrender to Him. Finally, point three. Here's a practical thing we could do. We could just put this as one big life application. This year, before I make any major decisions... I'm going to pause. Not just plunge right in. 90 to nothing. I'm going to pause. I'm going to do a couple of things. A, I'm going to listen to what God's word says and what God's people say. I'm going to listen. I'm going to stop. You know, if you're on fire, you stop, drop, and roll. Anyway, it's just a freebie. Okay. <laughs> if I'm going to make a decision, I'm going to pause and listen. Hey, what would God's word say about this? Does it say anything about this? Does it say anything about my motives in this? 
Your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path, Psalm 119. Colossians 3.16, let the message about Christ and all its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. This is the reason we want to gather on Sunday mornings. This is the reason we teach from the Bible every Sunday. I, I want you to know what God's word says. But this is the reason we also want you to have a Bible reading plan so you can read it every day. If we spend time together discussing these things, we can teach and counsel each other. That's why we want you in a small group discussing this stuff. That's why we want you to read it. It's why I spend time unpacking this each, each week. But again, you know, if we don't come to worship, if we don't participate in a small group, if we don't read God's word, then we're not listening. If we don't listen to God's word and God's people, how are we going to get the direction? How am I going to know if I'm going the right way? So I'm going to pause and I'm going to listen. I'm going to pause, and then point B, I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray for God's direction and his peace so I can make right decisions. I'm making decisions now, and many of them I don't have any peace about. In fact, some of them I know it was the wrong thing, felt bad from the beginning, felt pressured to do it, and my dad gum went ahead and did it. Anybody know what I'm talking about? That sick feeling, that regret feeling? Yuck. Let's not do that this year. Going the wrong way and we're being pressured, pause. And somebody says, I got to have a decision right now. And then just go, well, I don't make decisions without praying. I'm going to pray. I need to sleep on it. Now, if it's a decision we should take this door or this door because the building's on fire, you're going to have to make that one right now. Pray quickly, okay? But I'm talking about the major decisions that you know what we're talking about. If you need wisdom... Ask our generous God. He'll give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. I mean, can you imagine praying to God saying, God, I don't know what to do about this major purchase. God, I don't know what to do with my mom and career. God, I don't know what to do about my kids. Or God, I don't know what to do with my mom and dad. Why are you asking me this? Leave me alone. And the Lord will never say that. And James reminds us of that. God loves it when we come to him. He'll never rebuke us for asking. He's a father who has compassion on his children. He knows how weak we are. When my kids come and ask me for advice before they make a major decision, I love that as a dad. And if I know that much, God doesn't know that? Infinitely more. Don't worry about anything. Paul in Philippians 4. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Thank him for all he's done. And then you'll experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Some of you this last year, you did that. You prayed and you sought God's direction and you stepped out in faith and you have taken steps now in a new career or in a new position of leadership or in a new obedience to Christ. And it's been the hardest thing and the scariest thing you've ever done. But, if I, but I know some of you have done this because I come and talk to you. And go, How's it going? They go, it's the craziest thing. I'm scared out of my mind. But I know it's what God wants me to do. And I got peace. It's the craziest thing. I've never been more, more assured that I'm on the right track than ever before, even though I've never done this. It's been scary. It's going to take faith. But I got peace. And that's what Paul says. If we surrender to him and pray for direction and go his way, we can have peace that passes all understanding. You can't even explain it. And my friends, that is how to have a no-regret life. But going my own way? Yeah, I ain't doing that. No way. I'm going my way. I have no idea where it's going to turn, but I'm not doing that. Mm -mm. 
And all of a sudden now I got worry and stress and oh man. The only prayers I pray, oh God, get God, can you bless my mess? Well, what's the difference? Well, the difference is that we trusted the Lord. Resolved. One more resolution here. This year, with God's help, I will follow where God leads. I'm going to surrender and listen. I'm going to pray and obey. I'm going to follow God wherever he leads. With God's help. With God's help. Philippians 2.13. God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. See, I want to get back to this again. I'm tying it together with Ephesians 1. The same power that conquered the grave is inside of me. He'll give us the desire and the power to do what pleases him if we follow him. And I say all this because every year, I mean, if somebody posted on Facebook again yesterday, they said, I got one New Year's resolution, no resolutions, because I can't ever keep them anyway. That way I won't fail. If I make no resolutions, I can't fail. I kept my one resolution. Well, yeah, and you didn't do anything. And we can laugh about that, but that's sad. I want New Year's resolutions, but I'm not depending on willpower. I'm depending on real power. Not willpower, real power. And that power comes from the Lord Jesus Christ working in me, giving me the desire and the power to do what he told me to do. John, I'm telling you to go this way. I'm going to give you the power to get it done. Now get on with it. Jesus told his disciples this, remain in me, I'll remain in you, for a branch cannot produce fruit if it's severed from the vine, and you can't be fruitful unless you remain in me. I, yes, I am the vine. You are the branches. Let's get this right. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Trying to go off on your own is like cutting off a branch from a tree and expecting fruit to grow on it. I'm the power supply. I'm God. Come to me. I'll give you direction. Come to me. I'll give you power. I know you. I know everything about everything. I know the future before it happens. And I love you. I know what's best for you. And I'm the power source. I can give you the power and the desire to get it done. So why would you go your own way? Who cares if you climb to the top of the ladder if it's leaning against the wrong wall? How am I going to make sure I'm leaning against the right wall? Well, I'm going to surrender and listen and pray and obey. Would you pray with me right now? Lord, I don't want to waste this year. I don't want to squander one bit of the precious year that's ahead of me. I don't even know if I've got the whole year. But Lord, if you give me another year, I want to do what's best in 2017. I think everybody here in the sound of my voice wants to do the same. So Lord, I ask that you would guide us. And Father, right now, we just surrender this year to you. I thank you that people have gathered here on the first day, the first Sunday of the new year, and we can say, Lord, we want 2017 to be a year where we trust you more completely than we ever have before. Lord, I pray that you will give us a hunger for your word. I pray that you will give us a desire to follow you. And Lord, that you will give us the power we need to get the things done that you call us to do. Give us the desire and the power. 
the Lord spoke to you about any of these things resonated with you this morning, you say, Lord, I heard you this morning. I thank you that I came here. Lord, I'm yours. I surrender. In the name of Jesus, amen. The night before Jesus was crucified, 